July of 2020, the Pharmacy Podcast Network released what we wanted to create, which was always something in pharmacist leadership, pharmacy leading in this world. This is a hurting world right now. I mean, double up on the pandemic. There's just so much division in ways, but I'm a half glass full kind of person. And I believe that there is light, more light today than ever. And two of those lights are my guests today because this is an episode that is part of our Transforming the Nation. What is that? Well, Transforming the Nation is how pharmacists are literally helping to transform a nation that is hurting, but we know that there is hope based on racism based on sexual harassment, based on spirituality, health disparities, because we're reaching out to individuals that understand facets of our of, of lack of equality, of lack of representation, and really understanding what it is to be that specific human. And that is the key word, by the way. We're all human. And my name is Todd Yuri. I am the proud founder of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. And I'm also extremely proud to bring on these two lights, these two champions of being human as well as helping. Michelle Sherman is one of my closest friends. She's been part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network for, goodness gracious, four or five years now. She is the founder of the Conscious Pharmacist Podcast, also of Ubuntu Pharmacist Care Program. Michelle, welcome back to the program. Thanks, Todd. Thanks for having me back. It's a pleasure, as always. Absolutely. And returning to the Pharmacy Podcast Network, I love saying that because come back in full effect, Dr. Jay Holloway, welcome back to the Pharmacy Podcast. Thank you so much, Todd. It's great to be back. It's great to be talking with you again. I can't believe we've uh, we've done um, so many different episodes. You were a guest on Michelle's podcast um, episode 47, and that was a little while ago. And then you started out with Pharmacy Podcast Network. Um, we were talking about pharmacist perspectives on LGBTQ, which still is a tongue tire for me. I should try to say that three times real fast and then get really good at it. <laughs> but nonetheless, today, transforming the nation, how pharmacists are leading in assuring that's your patients, your colleagues, and we talked about yourself as well, which is something that I always overlook is my own personal mental health and well-being. And that is pharmacists leading in issues that are impacting people's lives who are gay, who are transgender, who aren't considered what the public or the, the mass would consider the norm. And I just don't think that's the case anymore. We've unpeeled the 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 skin of of hatred away and we've seen the fruit of our souls now to be able to stand out there and say humans are humans we're different i'm a conservative i'm a white male i've never experienced racism i've never experienced sexual harassment i've never experienced being treated unfairly because i'm i was gay never of any of that but that doesn't give me an excuse to look away and that's what this platform is about. It's about bringing things that are might be uncomfortable for some people out there that are listening. Maybe you don't 
agree with with the homosexual community or people in our profession or or even your your own um your own family member that you've shunned or you've pushed away because they are gay or they are different or they are transgender and and this is time for us to take a pause to bring leaders to this platform michelle is a leader jay is a leader and to really get your perspectives as professionals as providers and as healthcare leaders of what you're seeing in this nation today. And I'm gonna start out with Michelle. Michelle, bring us up to date with efforts that you've made, especially with your expertise in HIV um, and what you've done with not only the science, but as a, as a pharmacist and how you see our nation today. And from your opinion, what needs to take place, especially from our healthcare providers? Thanks, Todd. Well, um, where I see our nation today actually makes me very sad and very hopeful. I've got to look at where we've come, and I'll just take the snapshot of the last four years and where we're going now. So, you know, it's 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 been um, you know a lifelong struggle for equality, looking at um, you know who I am as as as, as a gay woman, like growing up and being gay in South Africa and then moving to the, to the United States, but also looking at all these disparities that we have in healthcare, in everything. And it seems like where we've been, like in the last four years, the, the, the hate express like lost its tracks, you know, that movie speed. Yeah. It looks like we live that in, like discrimination and hate, like racially, like against women, against the LGBTQ community. I mean, when we as a society have to make laws to discriminate against other individuals, why would we do that? Do, do, do people who make these laws think they are so threatened by gay marriage where two people who love each other want to get married? that they have to make a law like trying to forbid it or overturn that. You know, it's like if if you don't want to marry another man, don't marry another man. If you don't want to marry another woman, don't marry another woman. But it's none of your business trying to not only legislate all these hate laws, but also, you know, try, trying to legislate like all these healthcare initiatives against women and regulate women's bodies. So where we've come is from such down the rabbit hole of hate that the, the, the hate crimes against LGBTQ community over the last four years has like ratcheted up. There've been all these legislations that, that were introduced by the previous administration against um, trans people serving in the military against forbidding transgender people from actually accessing healthcare. Like who does that? Making like religious laws against, you know, LGBTQ, the LGBTQ community. Who does that? You know, if, if, if you look at like faith and religious beliefs and spiritual beliefs, it's like, we are all one. We are spiritually all connected to one another. Why would you introduce legislation in, in certain states that discriminates against people? 
So where we've come deeply destroys my soul. I mean, it, it can al almost bring me to tears, like where we've been. That it has been soul destroying to see what's happened, not only to the LGBT community, but also racially. That you know, you, you talked about how you how we can't understand walking in other people's shoes when 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 you see a black couple having to talk to their young son and tell him he can't wear a hoodie like his friends. He can't just, you know, wear a baseball cap. Just just don't go walking down the street and having to have that talk with your son just because of the color of their skin. It's catastrophic. We cannot go there. But I have hope. Where we are now, hopefully we've turned a corner. A lot of this hate legislation, you know, has, has hopefully been um, reversed. Um, this absolute hate law of, you know, discrimination against trans people accessing health care, the Biden administration has already overturned that. We we've, we've turned a corner. We, I, I think we have hope. I always think there, there's hope. Basically, basic humanity in the core of who we all are, when we don't have those chirpy haters chirping in everybody's ear to divide us, when we're united and we can have conversations and talk to each other, we can come together as one. We're not only one state, one nation, one universe to, to get rid of all this stuff. So I have, I have hope. That's where I am today. And as a pharmacist and as pharmacist Jay and myself, we can change minds one mind at a time. I was so proud to introduce Jay to you, Michelle, when I first introduced him to our Pharmacy Podcast Nation. And he introduced me to the National LGBTQIA and Health Education Center which we have in the original show notes. I'm going to repost that in today's show notes. Dr. J, um, thanks so much for coming back. I want to give you the microphone now and giving you really the same, the same theme, what you see uh, happening in our nation and how you are helping to change things as a healthcare leader in ways that, like I had given reference to do, I don't understand personally on a personal level but I want to, so I can not only advocate, but move roadblocks for you based on even contacting our state representatives and our state senators, which in the show notes, I will have a link to access your specific state senators and, um, and, and state reps. And would you please, anyone listening to this now, just forward this conversation of two pharmacist leaders advocating for equality nothing more than the basics all you all we're asking is for the basic respect of the common denominator of everyone listening to this and you are a human being that's it it's common it's the common denominator that's what we that's where we should all be standing by the way it shouldn't have anything to do with who i'm married to and if they're a woman or if they're a man so dr j the microphone is all yours 
Thank you so much, Todd. And yes, building off of what Michelle said earlier, over these past four years, we have seen discrimination on basis of race, on basis of gender identity, sexual orientation, sex in the case of women, disability, what have you. We have seen it emboldened by the previous administration's support and policies. And now that we have a more accepting administration, I encourage members of the profession here to be inspired by that. And back a few years ago, I saw a quote that says, let this radicalize you rather than lead you into despair. And I found it to be an excellent quote, as in, don't let yourself sink into apathy at the state of things. And so I was thinking about the flip side, let us be inspired by having a less antagonistic system at the moment rather than lead us into complacency. So springboarding off of that, this week, the Equality Act is going to be introduced into Congress and what the Equality Act would do would be to amend the Civil Rights Act to prohibit discrimination based off of sexual orientation and gender identity. In not just employment, which the case that led the precedent for it, Bostock versus Clayton County, was in regards to LGBT people in federal employment. If the Equality Act is passed, that will enable protections in not just employment, but also housing, public accommodations, public education, federal funding, credit, jury system, what have you. It sets a very good precedent that will enable us to combat not just any federal anti-LGBT ordinances that may come down the pipeline, but also the multitude of state anti-LGBT ordinances that are in current, currently in process right now. If you look at the ACLU website, there you can find a list of anti-LGBT laws that various states are trying to pass right now in this interim time. One of the biggest ways that these groups are, that these hate groups are trying to limit LGBT people's particularly right now transgender people's just ability to participate in society as fellow human beings is through limiting trans youth's ability to participate with their peers. Uh, currently, the big talking point is sports programs, which as a person who did swim team for years and years in high school, that is such a massive part of getting to participate with your peers. And if trans kids are not able to participate in sports with their peers, then they're going to feel ostracized. They're going to feel isolated even more so than they might already without a support network. So we need to have this moment to use our use our positions as pharmacists. And as pharmacists, we are seen in 
our neighborhoods, in our communities as people that our patients look up to. We're the most accessible healthcare provider. So we need to use this time and use this platform to speak up and uplift the voices of marginalized people, uplift the voices of LGBTQ individuals and use that power to make sure that our patients and our community members are protected. And thank you for sharing with that. Uh, also, I want to let the listeners know there's going to be links in our show notes in order to access additional information that we've discussed today. And Michelle and Jay, if you would send me anything that you want included in that, I'll ensure that that's put in there um, for publication and distribution. Transforming a nation starts with ourselves. So I can't as and I, I don't, I do not like hypocrism. I don't, I don't, I can't have all the things that, that bothers me. Hypocrism is, hypocrisy is really it. And I've seen examples of uh, major hypocrisy in uh, legislators, in our political leaders and what they do in their personal life. And then, you know, things that uh, come out later that were against what they stood for or, and I, I reflect on that. And I, I think of myself if I don't understand something, it doesn't mean I need to be hateful towards something that I don't understand. You can take a pause in what you don't understand, read, listen, talk with, and then begin that pathway to understand so you can be empathetic and helping other people that are going through it to get them um, the type of resources that they're looking for or needing, especially in healthcare, goodness sakes, because it's our health. So there are still things that I don't personally understand. You brought up something, uh, Jay, regarding sports and um, playing in sports. And if I thought, I have four daughters. So um, um, Tyler and Ashley are both 18. Tyler isn't as competitive as she used to be, but she was once on track. And I thought, how would I feel if someone that was going through a process in being transgender was competing against Tyler and all these other girls um, had been born biologically a boy and, and identifies as a girl and ran against her? And I'm going to just state this with and this isn't hateful. And I need I need everyone to understand this. I would be completely against that because I would think that that would be unfair to the rest of the girls on that track team running against the strength, the fiber strength of your muscles, the way that your muscles are, are, are created. And I would be like, wow, but I would want to take a pause. I wouldn't want the hatefulness that would probably come up from many conservative based parents that would be very angry with that situation. And the anger is unnecessary. You don't have to be angry. You can stand there and say, hey, I'm not, I don't understand this and be, you know, it, it, your anger shouldn't be a part of it. But what I'd like to do is understand, okay, what are we against or what, we, what are we for? And what I am for is the inclusion of all children in sports and in, in making them feel like they could be part of something. And then at that point, at least that's my starting point, and I would try to work from there. But that's a really good example, Jay, of something that even on this podcast recording, I stand here as much as I am trying to be a conduit of inclusiveness, mostly for people's health more than anything, 
but also as someone who is a champion for the voice of everyone, including people who, who don't have as big a voice as others, and saying that is a very particular issue that I would want to sit down with you, Jay, and continue to discuss, even though it doesn't have to do with pharmacy. It doesn't have to do with pharmacy. We're always stuck in pharmacy here on pharmacy podcast land. But there, there's my admit. Uh, there's how I admit publicly to you. There's where I have like a scratch, a head scratcher, where I would say I would be really upset if my daughter got smoked by, um, you know, her competitor, who was born biologically male and was competing, and she com and by six seconds got, you know, completely. And I was like, all right, maybe that goes back to our society and way and thinking of competitiveness. And maybe, you know, maybe there's where we start. But what do you think of that, Jay? What do you think of someone in my position who would have an issue with that? But it's not from a standard of, it's not from a position of hate. It's from a position of, of just being, I was, by the way, I was a swimmer too. So um, I, I, I'm very much competitive. I'm a very competitive person. Oh, absolutely. I was definitely a very competitive swimmer as well. I would encourage individuals to, when, when progress occurs and when people are, when people are first exposed to new experiences that they have not personally had themselves and new perspectives, it's very common to somewhat have a knee-jerk response because your current worldview is being expanded. It's being changed. And I encourage folks who may have pause to think for a second well, why am I feeling this particular way? Mm -hmm. And to also think about it from the perspective of the other person. While some people do bring up the ideas of the logistics of competitiveness of records, I would encourage people to think, well, records and standards for sports. And this is, this is, this is just dismissing the whole technical score competitive side of it. Times have changed over the years from like, for example, when I was in swim team, when we got new, when swimsuit technology changed, right. the records improved vastly. Yep. When different fitness regimens have been introduced, times have improved. I don't see any reason why this is any different. The and I think any concern about times or times or competitiveness, I think is outweighed by just how much fields, like not just sports, but fields in general would be in, improved by the diversity of people competing and participating in these fields and thinking about it less from a, we all benefit from diversity, which we all do. We all benefit from increased diversity in increased diversity in any given field or profession or sport. Think about how affirming and how, how positive that experience would be for that person who is previously not allowed to 
compete under their actual gender identity. Like think about how think about how fulfilling and uplifting it would be to for her to participate in a sport uh, as a woman. And I think that is that is far better than any concern that may be in regards to the statistics of sports, because regardless of regardless of how good or how how competitive I was in sports, what made me really love swim team was the community, was that camaraderie between my friends, was the getting up at 5.30 in the morning to go do swim drills on a Friday. It was that community. And I think we should have that community be available for all people and not have it be gatekept by these arbitrary things. It's a really good point. I want this to be the beginning, by the way, if you're listening right now and you have an issue, a, a passion, a, a story that you want to share regarding, um, regarding your personal experiences in your profession as a provider, as a pharmacist, um, in LGBTQ issues, uh, things that you've experienced, um, policies that you want to support, please reach out to us. Um, I want this to really be a beginning in transforming the nation. Um, I don't want this to be the last episode that's part of this series. I want this to be the first of many. Um, I want other people and organizations to be represented as well as uh, to hear their voices and ideas. And I want both sides of this conversation because that is the only way we're going to change things. Jay, if you had your group of people and I had some group of conservative people and we never talked, then things will never change. But I refuse to allow hate to come through this platform. Therefore, if you wanna participate, we will all participate in love in knowing that it's the patience that is, is all of us. I'm not even a provider, I'm not a pharmacist. I'm just your number one fan. and and. It's my job to get your messaging out there. So I think of the patient, I think of who we serve, I think of our communities, and I think how pharmacists are literally changing things. I've entered pharmacy in 2004, Jay, and things are so much better today as being a pharmacist than they were in 2004. And it will continue to be, it, it will get better, and it's not where it needs to be. It needs to continue to transform, just like Michelle said in the, in the opening. I wanna thank both of you. Michelle, thank you so much for coming back. Um, if you don't listen to The Conscious Pharmacist, there will be a show note a link to The Conscious Pharmacist. Um, and also there will be a link to the organizations that Jay has, um, has listed, including the National LGBTQIA and Health Education Center. Um, I wanna say thank you to both of you for being here today. Um, I love you both. I care about you both. And I want this to be the start of something very powerful. And however the pharmacy podcast can help you, um, we're, we're going to be there for you. Thanks so much, Todd. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Todd, for having us on here. And I look forward to using this platform, this very accessible platform of audio to educate and empower others and really reach out. Absolutely. You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Nation, V.
the network driving the conversations led by pharmacists. This was an episode for Transforming a Nation. If you Google Transforming a Nation podcast, you will find all of the episodes, and we encourage you to listen to those and understand, and please share those. Um, if there's anything that the Pharmacy Podcast Network can do for you, please reach out to us. We can be found on all social media platforms at Pharmacy Podcast. And as always, I thank you for listening. What's different about lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and plus older adults? Take a Jerry minute to find out. I'm Dr. Nicole Didick, and I'm a geriatrician. One in a hundred older adults identify as being part of the LGBTQ community. When it comes to healthcare, there are some things that are a little bit different about LGBTQ elders. 20% of LGBTQ elders do not disclose their sexual orientation for fear of being discriminated against and not getting the healthcare that they need. Unfortunately, a byproduct of homophobia, biphobia, and transphobia can be that people have experienced discrimination throughout their lives. This might even be at the level of a trauma. And it might lead to a person being worried about disclosing who they are for fear of not being treated just like anyone else. There are some good things though when we look at surveys of health in LGBTQ elders. For example, 91% of lesbian, gay, and bisexual older adults participate in wellness activities, and 94% have a primary care provider. Gay men are less likely to be obese in older age and are more likely to get a flu shot. Older adults who are in the LGBTQ community are at higher risk of social isolation and disability. If you want to learn more about the health disparities and the resilience, of older adults who are in the LGBTQ community, I'll leave some resources down below this video. Thanks for watching, and to learn more, go to therinkle.ca.